The makers of bromoquinine cold tablets bring you our final adventure from Sherlock Holmes. And here is tonight's cast. In the role of Alfred but the butler, Emily Bloodsworth. Thank you, sir. In the role of Reginald Musgrave, Jenna Nielsen. Delighted to see you. In the role of Brunton, Wesley Paul. Hello, thank you. In the role of Rachel Howells, Emily Barry. Thanks for having me. In the role of John Watson, Jonathan Twining. Pleasure to be here. And in the role of Sherlock Holmes, Joe Towns. Good evening to you once again. The Quincy Access Broadcasting System takes pleasure in bringing another installment of the Sherlock Holmes radio drama series. Eastern Nazarene College's Theater for Social Justice program is a proud partner of Quincy Access Television, along with this week's sponsored product, Bromoquinine Cold Tablets. Golly, Pa! I'm not feeling my best. Gee, what's bothering you, son? Uh, I think I've got a cold. Oh, no! When you are threatened with a cold, remember this. Bromo quinine tablets are made expressly for the relief of colds. Here you go, son. Try this. They are not a cure-all. They are made for one thing and one thing only, and that is the relief of colds. Isn't it better to take a preparation that has only one use rather than one that has half a dozen uses? Yes, sir! Ensure yourselves the advantages of specialized medication. Golly! When you feel a cold coming on, take, take Romo Quinine Tablets! And now, here we are, seated once more in Dr. Watson's study. The good doctor is wandering aimlessly about the room, tidying objects on his desk, straightening a row of books. Well, Dr. Watson, you certainly have a passion for law and order. <laughs> a place for everything, and everything in it place, I always say. I do hate a mess. <laughs> Holmes, on the contrary, was one of the untidiest men that ever drove a fellow lodger to desperation. When I find a man who keeps his cigars in the coal scuttle, oh? <laughs> his tobacco in the end of a Persian slipper, oh, that's strange, and his unanswered correspondence transfixed by a jackknife in the very center of the wooden mantelpiece, oh, only mind. then do I begin to give myself virtuous airs. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that annoyed Sherlock Holmes. Ah, he never even noticed it. Well, now let me see. Last time, I think, I promised that this week's story would be The Musgrave Ritual. The Musgrave Ritual? What was that? <laughs> patience, Mr. Manning, patience. Well, as I was saying, Holmes was very untidy. Our chambers were always filled with chemicals and criminal relics. But his papers were my greatest trial. He had a horror of destroying documents. Once a year or so, I would browbeat him into docketing and cataloging them. One winter night, as we sat together by the fire, Holmes playing casual chords on his violin, I ventured to suggest that he might spend his time more, uh, profitably by making our sitting room a little more habitable. I say, Holmes, I really wish you'd stop that caterwauling. <laughs> stop that racket. 
Why don't you do something more worthwhile instead of uh, lolling around like that? For instance? Ah, well, um, maybe you could straighten up this room. It looks more like a pigsty every day. Hmm. Uh, uh, very well. <sighs> now, where are you going? <sighs> Look at this place. Papers on the table, papers on the floor, papers on all of the chairs, papers under the rug. How did they get that space? What are you doing, Holmes? Putting that large tin box in here. Oh, yes. House cleaning. The key. Ah, yes. What have you got in there? Cases. Uh, records of some of my earlier cases. Done uh, uh, prematurely. Before I had such a competent biographer. Mm-hmm. I think if you knew what I had in this box, you'd ask me to pull some out instead of putting others in. It's no use, Holmes. Oh? You can't get around me like that. You might as well just begin putting your stuff away. Hmm. Uh, here's the record of the Tartalan murders. Oh, the case of Varnbury? Hmm. Ah, uh, the adventure of the Russian woman, yes. And, uh, the singular affair of the aluminium crutch. Aluminium crutch? Yes, a most amazing story. It was one April day, the rain was coming down in torrents. I'm... I'm... no, 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 I'm not interested at all. Hey-ho. Well, I suppose I'd best get to work. Ah, here... Now, here really is something a little recherchy. Ah. It's nothing but a wooden box with a sliding lid. Yeah, but look inside, my dear fellow, look inside. Hmm. A crumpled piece of paper uh, with some doggerel written on it. Yes. An old-fashioned brass key. Yeah. A peg of wood with a ball of string attached. Quite. And three rusty old discs of metal. Hmm. Hmm. It's not very impressive, Holmes. Well? What do you make of it? It's a, uh, it's a strange collection. And there is a stranger story connected with it. Hmm. I suspected these relics had a history. Oh, they are history, my dear fellow. They are history. And what was it about? These are all I have left to remind me of the Musgrave ritual. Oh, fascinating case, Watson. Fascinating. Hmm. Hey-ho. Well, I guess I'd best be getting on with my work. Uh, uh, what was the Musgrave ritual? You want to interrupt my labors with a silly story? Ah. Oh, dear, dear, dear. And leave all this litter as it is reprehensible, my dear Watson. Thoroughly reprehensible. <laughs> oh, just get on with the story. <laughs> Very well. It was one of my first cases, when I was making a most precarious living uh, with out of my sleuthing. Mm. It had to do with Reginald Musgrave, a scion of one of the oldest families in the kingdom. Hmm. Well, I hadn't seen Reginald Musgrave for several years, until one morning... I received a note from him. Now, here it is. <clears throat> My dear Sherlock, I hear that you are turning to practical ends these powers with which you use to analyze us. 
Can you spare time to visit us at Hurlstone? I can promise a problem which will tax even your nimble wits. Hopefully yours, Reggie Musgrave. Uh, you can imagine my eagerness. Oh, in my innermost heart, I believe that I could succeed where others had failed. Hmm. Conceit. Uh, don't interrupt, Watson. Don't interrupt. Well, late that night, I arrived at Hurlstone to find myself enthusiastically greeted by mine host. Well, Holmes, delighted to see you, my dear fellow. It's awfully good of you to come. You've gotten taller and thinner than ever. Oh, you're very much the same, I should say, Musgrave. Alfred, carry Mr. Holmes's bags up to his room. Yes, sir. Uh, your, uh, your butler is new at his job, isn't he? Yes, but how did you know? Oh, his uniform is a rather bad fit. And his legs are better suited to the stable yard than the drawing room. Well, as a matter of fact, he's just been promoted to his post. Hmm. He used to be the head coachman. Come along this way. It's about Brunton, our old butler, that I wanted to see you. No, oh, what about him? He's disappeared. Brunton's disappeared, eh? It seems to me I've heard you mention his name before. I dare say you have. He's been in service here for nearly 20 years, although he's barely 40 now. Oh, rather unusual. Yes. He was a young school teacher out of a place when he was first taken up by my father. He was a man of great ability, handsome, spoke several languages, mm. and played every musical instrument. A paragon. Brunton had only one fault. Oh, yes? He was a bit of a Don Juan. A few months ago, we were in hope that he was about to settle down, for he became engaged to Rachel Howells, our second maid. Well? Well, he has since thrown her over and taken up with the daughter of the head gamekeeper. <clears throat> And what was this girl, uh, Rachel, like? Uh, smoke. Oh, uh, yes, thank you. Rachel is a very good girl, but of an excitable Welsh temperament. Mm. She had a touch of brain fever, subsequent to the smash-up of her romance. Mm. I'm really rather worried about the girl. Yes, but oh, look here, Musgrave. You haven't brought me all the way from London to discuss a servant girl's love affairs. That was our first drama at Hurlstone, mm. and quite a tempest in a teapot it was. You know what country houses are like. Yes, of course. But a second one came to drive it from our minds, and it was prefaced by the disgrace and dismissal of the butler Brunton. A uh, dismissal? One night last week, Thursday to be exact, I found that I couldn't sleep. You know how it is. Yeah. Well, at two o'clock I rose and lit a candle, intending to get a novel I'd been reading in the library. I pulled on my dressing gown and started down the stairs. Imagine my surprise when, looking down the corridor, I saw a glimmer of light coming from the library door. Mm. My first thought was of burglars. Luckily, our corridors are liberally decorated with trophies and old weaponry. I seized a battle axe in either hand and tiptoed down the passage to the library door. If you value your life. Oh, uh, sir. Uh, God bless me, it's Brunton. <clears throat> what are you doing down here in the middle of the night? Uh, well, you see, sir, And I... my desk has been broken into. And my private papers strewn on the table. <clears throat> what do you mean by going through my private papers? You scoundrel, after the trust we've had in you. Well, uh, sir, I, I, I meant no harm. The impudence, the rank impudence, Brunton. Sir. 
you will leave my service tomorrow. Oh, Mr. Musgrave, sir, I can't bear the disgrace. I've always been proud of my station in life. Yes, and look what it has led you into. The disgrace will kill me. At least let me give you notice and leave in a month's time, as if it was of my own free will. Very well. But a month is too long. Take yourself off in a week. And give what reasons you wish for going. Only a week? Oh no, a a fortnight. At least say a fortnight. A week. And you've been let off very lightly. Uh, Yes, sir. Now put down that paper you have in your hand and get out. And after that little set two, you were too annoyed to sleep, eh, Musgrave? Well, as a matter of fact, I did spend the rest of the evening thinking of things I should have said to the fellow. Mm. However, by morning I'd calmed down somewhat. And Brunton? For two days afterwards, Brunton was most assiduous in his attention to his duties. On the third day, he was gone. Gone? Well, gone where? Deuce take it. Hmm. That's what I would like to know. His bed had not been slept in. But all our windows and doors were found locked on the inside, and no one had let him out. Hmm. Uh, did you question this girl, uh, uh, Rachel? Yes. She's been very ill ever since his disappearance. Sometimes hysterical. Hmm. I had to have a nurse to sit up with her at night. Uh, what was the condition of Brunton's room oh, after the disappearance? Hmm. Very orderly, as usual. His clothes, his watch... Even his money were in his room. Mm. But the black suit he usually wore was missing. His slippers, too, were gone. But not his boots. Oh, enlightening. Most enlightening. And uh, what was the paper he had in his hand when you surprised him in the library? It was the Musgrave ritual. The Musgrave ritual? Uh, What is that? Oh, rather an absurd business. It has only its antiquity to excuse it. It's a strange sort of catechism which each Musgrave must answer when he comes of age. Could I see it? Uh, Certainly. uh, Certainly. It's in the library. Come this way. Hmm. Uh, This old hall is rather impressive with all its armor and weaponry. Uh, Wait. I fancy I heard someone on the stairs. Uh, Someone on tiptoe. I'll run up and have a look. Uh, uh, be careful, my dear fellow. Uh, be careful. No, there's no one here. It's strange. I would have sworn I heard footsteps. It must have been the old stairs creaking. Hmm. This is the library, and this is the desk where I keep my private papers. Uh, how private? I mean, is there anything there that would benefit anyone else? Oh, good heavens, no. No? Uh, Nothing that might lead to blackmail? (laughs) So sorry to disappoint you, Holmes, but I've led a very tame and uninteresting life. Mm. (laughs) Well, I see one of the drawers was broken into. Very amateurish. I'm afraid Brunton had very little experience. Yes, that lock is completely damaged. I've moved everything to this side of the desk. Mm. Just a minute till I find my key. Ah, yes. And here is the Musgrave ritual. Hmm. A curious old writing. Dates back to, uh, Charles I, I should say. You can tell by the spelling. 
Probably Charles II. My ancestor, Ralph Musgrave, was a prominent cavalier and a right-hand man in Charles's wanderings. Hmm. They went in for a rigmarole of this sort in those days. It's just a series of questions and answers. Probably the bywords mm. of some secret society. Oh, you know the answers by heart, I take it? Oh, yes. It's something every Musgrave has to learn. Well, then suppose I read off the questions, and you give me the answers. Fire away. You can't trip me up there. Oh, all right. Here goes. Whose was it? His who was gone. Who shall have it? He who will come. Where was the sun? Over the oak. Where was the shadow? Under the elm. How was it stepped? North by ten and by ten, east by five and by five, south by two and by two, west by one and by one, and so under. What shall we give for it? All that is ours. Why should we give it? For the sake of the trust. As you can see, Holmes, the paper has no practical Mm. importance. Oh, on the contrary. It has tremendous practical importance. Your butler seems to have been a very clever fellow. He has had more insight than ten generations of his masters. I say, Holmes. Uh, The oak, I take it, is the one that stands here, uh, to the east of the house. I noticed it as I drove up. That's right. You can see it from this window. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, Quite a patriarch. It must have been here when the ritual was drawn up. Though it was there at the Norman conquest, in all probability. Uh, Listen. There is someone in the hall outside. Eavesdropping. Oh, I'm sure of it this time. I'll soon find out. Hello. Why, it's Rachel. Rachel? My dear girl, whatever are you doing up and about like this? Where's your nurse? (laughs) She... (laughs) She's sleeping. (laughs) I fooled her. You must go right back to bed. (laughs) Yes, I must go right back. (laughs) Yes, of course. He's gone. Brenton's gone. Mm. He's gone, I say. Yes, yes, I know that. Now don't worry. We'll find him for you. Just go back upstairs. You'll never find him. Never. I know where he's gone. Oh, yes? Go upstairs. It's time. He's gone where he belongs. Where is that? To hell. Oh. Oh, dear. He's gone to hell. I say, she's delirious. Help me to get her upstairs, will you? We'll have to postpone our talk, I'm afraid. Uh, Yes, uh, there's nothing more to do until tomorrow morning in any case. What do you mean, tomorrow morning? Uh, When the sun is over the oak. That's what he said. (laughs) And now he's gone. You are listening to Eastern Nazarene College's Theatre for Social Justice Program's production of Sherlock Holmes in collaboration with QATV on the air with Joe Towns in the title role and Jonathan Twining as Dr. Watson. We pause a moment for station identification and advertisement. In just a moment, we will rejoin Sherlock Holmes as he endeavors to solve the mystery of the Musgrave ritual. But first... A cold, even a so-called slight cold, is something to be concerned about. Ow! For any cold, as you very well know, may quickly take a more serious turn. Yes, sirree! Be serious in your treatment of a cold. At the very first symptom, take a serious and proven preparation. (coughs) Hey, little lady, try some bromo-quinine. Gee, thanks! Bromo quinine cold tablets have been on the market for years and their merit fully established. Mother approved! 
They really go to work on a cold's misery. They relieve the headaches and other pains that go with the cold. They relieve the stuffy and depressed feeling that accompanies a cold. Oh, um. Don't fool around when you feel a cold coming on. Take warning at the first symptom and take Bromo Quinine Cold Tablets. Ask clearly and firmly for Bromo. B-R-O-M-O. Quinine. Q-U-I-N-I-N-E. Bromo Quinine Cold Tablets. Good morning, Holmes. I hope you haven't been too bored prowling around the grounds by yourself. Hmm. Sorry to have kept you waiting for breakfast. Fact is, I'm a bit upset. Oh? There's been another disappearance. Rachel eluded her nurse again last night, and so far she hasn't been found. Mm, yeah, so I understand. You're now, Butler told me. I've traced her footprints to the edge of this lake. But the lake is over eight feet deep at this point. Oh, the poor demented girl. Oh, I, I took the liberty of ordering the drags and grappling hooks at once. Yes, I see the men working. Have you found... Uh, nothing. Exactly nothing. Uh, hello. Well, there seems to be some excitement now. The drags have caught on something. We've got her, sir! We've got her this time for sure! Pull hard, boys. That's right. What a frightful business. Mm. Hello. Why? It's not a body. No. It's a large canvas bag. Here, boys. Give it to me. Yes, sir? Uh, what's in it? Just a minute. Don't slosh it around so. Why? It's just a lot of old discolored metal and some dull colored pebbles or glass. Mm. <laughs> Throw it back in. Yes, sir? No, stop. Better keep that stuff. Uh, bring it along. and Don't let it out of your hands. All right. Uh, now, let's get back to the house. Breakfast, eh? No, I'm afraid breakfast will have to be postponed. The sun is now over the oak. I say, Holmes, you're not taking that rubbish seriously. Uh, the only thing that puzzles me is the absence of our ancient elm tree. Sorry to disappoint you. There are plenty of elderly beeches. Won't they do? Uh, no, no, I'm afraid not. Wait a minute. There used to be an elm. Very ancient it was, too. Over there, you can still see the stump. Oh? It was cut down when I was about 15. Uh hmm. Oh, that's better. Yes, midway between the house and the oak. Yes, that must have been the one. I suppose it's impossible to find out how tall it was. Oh, not at all. It was 64 feet. Excellent. But how in... That was my tutor's favorite exercise in trigonometry. Huh. Well, now then. The shadow of the oak is fairly obvious. We can see that for ourselves. But the shadow of the elm is a, a bit more difficult. Yeah. I say, Holmes, what are you doing with that fishing rod? Uh, a fishing rod of uh, six feet? It throws a shadow of... Uh, oh, let me see. Nine feet, exactly. Quite simple. Therefore, a tree of 64 feet will throw a shadow of 96 feet. And in the same direction. Let's see, where's my tape? Uh, ah, yes. Ah, 96 feet. And 96... Uh, yes, here we are. I must say, Holmes, that's, that's very neat. Oh, that's just the beginning, my dear fellow. Just the beginning. Let's see, north 10 and 10. Uh, 10 steps by each foot, I think that means. Uh, so that takes you three, parallel to the old wing of the house. Four, 
Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, marked with a peg. And let's see now. Uh, five to the east. Uh, two, three, four, five. Yes, and uh, now two to the south. One, two. I say, it takes you to this old, unused door. Mm, the old, unused door that has been used quite recently. Now see how the surrounding ivy is all torn. Yes, by Jove, it's even unlocked. Uh, how long since this wing has been inhabited? Not for several generations. Huh. It's the oldest part of the house. Built in the 16th century, I should say. It's only used nowadays to store things in. Now open the door. Now let's see. Two paces to the west... Obviously means two paces down this flagstone passage. Well, this must be the place indicated by the ritual. What are you tapping the stones for? Yeah, it's all firmly cemented together. Not even a hollow sound. I told you it was all balderdash. Mm. Now hold on. And so under. You oh, I nearly forgot that one. Is there a cellar under this place? Yes. It's as old as the house. Lead me to it. That's where our search will end. Very well, but what are we searching for? Hmm. Careful. Steps here. It's pretty dark. Uh, yes. That's it. This is the cellar. We store wood down here sometimes. Hello? It's all been moved to the side. Yeah, what's this? Uh, what's this? It's Brunton's muffler. What's the villain been doing down here? Just as I thought. Uh, look here, at this piece of wood. It's been used to prop up something heavy. See how both ends are flattened. Look, the muffler's attached to this iron ring set in the flagstone. Mm, quite sizable flagstone, eh? He must have had someone to help him. If he couldn't raise that by himself. You mean Brunton? Yes, he was after the buried treasure. He probably talked Rachel into assisting him. Now that's how she happened to be in possession of the bag she threw into the lake. I don't understand what you're talking about. Hmm. I can't budge it. Lend a hand, will you, Musgrave? Right-ho. Come on. There it comes. Quick, prop it up with that piece of wood. Ah, that's it. By Jove, it's, it's a small room down there. And there on the side, what's that? That, my dear Musgrave, is what Brunton was after. Come on, let's go down. A brass-bound wooden box, all covered with dust and worm-eaten. The lid has been thrown back. Look here, Holmes. Hmm? I thought you expected to find a considerable treasure. All this trunk contains is a few discolored discs of metal. Old coins, apparently. I say, do you think... That Brunton has been down here and robbed me? Oh, that was his intention, undoubtedly. But I don't think he succeeded. Why not? The box is empty. Because I think I see his feet sticking up from behind the box. Help me move it. It's Brunton, all right. He's... he's dead. Quite. Suffocated, I fancy. This cubby hole isn't very large. Yes, but how... how did it happen? He was murdered on the second night, after you discovered him in the library. Uh, I can reconstruct the scene fairly easily from the data we have on hand. Let's see, Rachel's condition. 
the bag found in the lake, the open door, the muffler, and the piece of wood used as a prop. It is the last which is particularly significant. He had talked Rachel into assisting him, realizing that the girl was still infatuated. They waited until everyone had gone to bed and then stole down here. It was a stormy night, I believe. That's it. Close the door after you. Now, light the lantern. That's better. For the love of heaven, don't look like that, Rachel. Nothing's going to happen to you. I'm afraid. Do you think we ought? What's the matter with you? If I had known you had no more spunk in you than this, I'd... I'd have asked someone else. I thought you said you loved me. I do. You know I do. I'd do anything for you. Well, then come along. Down the stairway. Easy. But it... It's stealing. Stealing? To take something a man doesn't even know he has? He'll never miss it. But it's his. Not ours. What of it? He hasn't the sense to find it, has he? I'm the only one who has enough brains for that. Think I want to spend the rest of my life waiting on them that aren't as good as I am? We'll have money. We'll be rich. <laughs> Why do you think I didn't marry you before? Because I wasn't making enough. Think I'm going to starve myself to keep a wife? Then you will marry me if... If we find it? Uh, here's the ring. Wait, I'll, I'll pull my muffler through it. But... You will marry me. You must. I haven't told you before because I didn't want to worry you, but folks are beginning to suspect and uh, I can't... Stop your blabbing and, and grab this muffler. Now then pull. Pull harder! Ugh. It's so heavy! A lot of use you are to a man. Pull harder, I tell you. There she comes. Oh, quick! Shove that piece of wood under here. There. Why? There's a trunk down there. Of course. And I'm going to find what's in it. Stop trembling, you fool. You're shaking the lantern. You... Will marry me, won't you? Uh, bah! It's dusty down here. Whew. Oh, there's even a key in the lock. Up goes the lid. Ah. Aha! Well, well, well. That, that's something like it. You will marry me. Uh, here, uh, put this stuff in the canvas bag I brought along. Uh, careful, you ninny. Don't drop it. Now, give me a hand and... Help me out of here. You... You haven't answered me. Haven't answered what? You are going to marry me, aren't you? <laughs> marry you? <laughs> what kind of fool do you take me for? Marry a girl like you that lets a fellow... Don't laugh. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> How do I know I'm the only lover you've had? A wench like you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate the sight of you. I don't ever want to see you again! Uh, here! What are you doing with that piece of wood? Look out! You fool! You pull it out! You'll... He wouldn't marry me. Let me out! Let me out! I, I, I can't breathe! Let me out! I, I can't breathe! He wouldn't marry me. 
I say, Holmes, what a cad he must have been. Mm, quite. But what did Brunton find that he considered so valuable? The contents of that bag. This old rubbish? Why, the metal is almost black and these dull-looking stones. Oh, try rubbing one of them. That reddish one, for instance. Right-ho. I say, I say. It develops quite a sparkle. Quite. I imagine that stuff was left in your ancestor's possession by the royal party on the death of Charles I. I congratulate you on its discovery. It is of great intrinsic value, but of even greater importance as a historical curiosity. Why, what is it then? It is nothing less than the ancient crown of the kings of England. That's an exciting discovery, Dr. Watson. How did it happen that Charles II never recovered his crown? That is the one point Holmes was unable to clear up. It is likely that the Musgraves who held the secret died in the interval, and by some oversight left this guide to his descendants without explaining the meaning of it. And so, the Musgrave ritual fell into the hands of Sherlock Holmes. And what a story it gave us! Thank you again, Dr. Watson. You have been listening to a Sherlock Holmes adventure adapted from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Musgrave Ritual, with Joe Towns as Sherlock Holmes and Jonathan Twining as Dr. Watson. This program was co-produced by Eastern Nazarene College's Theatre for Social Justice program and Quincy Access Television, along with this week's sponsored product, Promo Quinine Cold Tablets. The weather outside is getting chilly, so make sure you stop by your local pharmacy today.